advantage of the day. Okay. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. Yeah. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this bounce back edition for week two of Defending the Kingdom. Mitch Holtis with you, voice of the Chiefs, with senior team reporter Matt McMullen. We are entitling this one Clean Up on Aisle Two. We're brought to you by Ticketmaster. We also have uh, a special tailgate notice for you, but I'm going to give a shout out to the folks at hy V, who's our official grocery partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. They're awesome people, by the way. But if you go to hy V, this has happened to me. First of all, you don't know where something's at. They'll drop everything and find it for you. Like, I'm the worst at it, right? I don't know where the blueberry bagels are. And they're like, oh, we'll find them. It's like a half mile away, but they'll find it. The second is if you have that moment. So my wife doesn't like dill pickles. I love them. I crave them. So when I go to the store by myself, I'll do the honeydew list, but I'll always get dill pickles. But one time, clean up on aisle two. Here they came. Oh, no. And within seconds. But I'm just looking at these delicious, beautiful pickles. But being picked up. <laughs> by a high V person with such great um, skill, and they were there in a second's notice. So this episode is clean up on aisle two, because Matt, we're talking about the Chiefs going into a very difficult week two, trying to clean it up. We'll get into that, but let's first go around the world before we clean up on aisle two. Well, hold on, I gotta back up quickly here. Whenever you go to high V, do you ever hear yourself like doing advertisements on the intercom? Every time. <laughs> and so I'll be at the pickle place, right, trying to find the right dill pickles that I – and then somebody will be standing right there by me, and they're looking at me like, <laughs> yeah. like, is that you, dude? Is that, that – this is weird, man, right by the pickles. Like, do you live in here? Like, this is Yeah, <laughs> I, I've got a little gremlin that lives inside a hy V. Yes, I'm inside the frozen section at hy V. I just jump around. But I love it. Honestly, clean up on aisle two. Uh, the Chiefs right now are trying to clean it up on aisle two slash week two as they go play the Jaguars around the world. And let's go around the world. I just thought of that because whenever Ellie and I go to Hy-Vee, we'll hear your voice and I spend all day with you and then I hear you there. I'm like, man, I'm spending all my time with Mitch no matter what. Full disclosure, it's kind of weird. (laughs) I bet it is. I bet it is. Um, All right, let's go around the world. I um, just have five for you today. We got a lot of submissions. Uh, I'll get to everyone as the season goes on, I promise, but just five today. We have Emmerich in Germany. See you in a few months here, Emmerich. Mark is in Seattle. Paul is in Pittsburgh, Kansas. Drop the H. Go Gorillas. Purple Dragons as well. Home of the Purple Dragons and (laughs) the Colgan Panthers, which is a power in 1A private school. All right. Uh, Jeff is in Jericho Springs, Missouri. Really? You ever been there? Have not, but I want to now. Sounds like a cool place. They have a Hy-Vee where I can... I'm sure they do. Don't want to knock over the pickles at the Hy-Vee in Jericho (laughs) Springs. And then David is in Minot, North Dakota. Yep, Minot, North Dakota. And speaking of around the world, so we're going to Jacksonville this week. If you want to watch the Chiefs uh, at an official watch party, check out Jay Rieger and Company. Incredible place. Oh, is that a good place? If you've never mm. been there before. Oh, my. Uh, so Jay Rieger and Company will, be, will host the official watch party of the Kansas City Chiefs every away game this season. Uh, enjoy awesome food and drink specials. Uh, and enter to win raffle prizes like tickets to regular season home games only at Jay Rieger & Co., Kansas City's original distillery. So check out Jay Rieger. It's an, an incredible place. Uh, and watch the Chiefs on Sunday at noon. Only it, chance to watch them at noon this year until Christmas. A lot of folks, of course, watch uh, Defending the Kingdom or listen that want to visit Kansas City. It, that's one of those places that's a that's a must-go visit Oh yeah, because it's awesome. And last year, for part of my Christmas gifts, 
I got gift certificates for people that I love and uh, to go, hey, go to Jay Rieger because it's a great place. Date night, family meeting, um, just get out and have a good time. So, yep, I'm big high on Jay Rieger. Also high on the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid's ability to fix it. I've seen him do it for 11 seasons. Keep in mind, we all, we all see the end result, but we forget about making the sausage, right? And the fact that six out of seven losses in the 2017 season, and Coach looked at me in the eyes, and he'll go, I'm going to fix this, and he did. Uh, five out of six losses in another span, I'm going to fix this. Uh, to start the 2015 season, they win 10 straight games and win a playoff game for the first time in 21 seasons. We've seen him do it time and time and time again. A flat, I call them flashpoints, Matt, and usually they happen in the middle or later in the season. But the Chiefs have faced a little bit of an avalanche here of flashpoints, and we all know what all they are at the beginning of the year, which is rare. Yeah, it is. And before we get into it, neither you or I are making excuses. I think Coach Reed, Patrick Mahomes, all those guys would say that they're not interested in excuses. But there's a difference between excuses and pointing out areas of optimism and reasons we think everything's going to be okay because we do think everything is going to be just fine. If you look at that game, the Chiefs were in position to win the game multiple times, and we are used to the Chiefs finishing the game. Now, they didn't do it on this occasion, but the fact that they were in position to do so is encouraging because more often than not, they come through in those crucial situations. So we understand that. It's a bummer. Of course you want to win on banner night. Nobody is more disappointed about it than the players and the coaches themselves. But they have all this time to get right, to work on the things that went wrong, uh, and to get off to a really good team in the Jags on Sunday. And it's kind of felt like a million years now uh, since that game because whenever you lose, particularly on like a weekday game, you have to wait forever to get to your next opportunity. But I'm fired up uh, about going down to Jacksonville, uh, a rematch of the divisional round last year, and just trying to get back on track. And I know that we have the players here and the coaches here uh, to get us back on track because we saw it all offseason. We saw it in training camp. little blip on the radar uh, against the Lions on Thursday night. But there's no better team and no team that's better equipped to put that in the rearview mirror than this team. And Patrick Mahomes comes a, becomes a key cog here, not just because of his physical ability, but we had him on the Chiefs Kingdom show on Monday night. If you can find that, um, it's archived. You, you can listen to that interview because, and, and Coach talked about him as well, the human being that he is in helping guys like Oa Kadarius Tony after the game that he had or um, helping a Sky Moore, just lifting them up and encouraging them. I mean, again, Patrick Mahomes is a pseudo-coach here. The other thing that Patrick and I talked about off-air was the hidden yardage, and that's where we're going to focus on today. We love stats. You and I love stats. We like to do the deep dive, dig in, and, and this Jags team is really good. And try to find our Kingdom Conversations this week. You can find on the Chiefs app, but we laid out why the Jacksonville Jaguars are better than they were last year. We're not going there today. We're going to go into a category, which really isn't a category, but it's something you and I watch very closely. And it has nothing to do with your fantasy team. It has nothing to do many times with the stat sheet or if you look at an NFL game book. But if you watch the video, it jumps off, and that is the hidden yardage. And let's discuss it here because there's positive ways to get the hidden yardage and there's negative. In the game against the Lions, we, we know about the drop passes. But going back and reviewing the video, it is – so in the stat sheet, it'll just show up as a drop or a target, no catch. In reality, figuring up what would have happened had those catches been made – it was going to be 152 yards, which equals basically 10 points. 
that give 100 yards of seven points. That and we know about the pick six. But the hidden yardage comes into play here because it's not in a stat sheet, but those it's the opportunity cost, to use a business term, that your grandma would have used in her economics classes at Middle Tennessee State to give her a shout-out. She passed recently. so But it's the opportunity cost of what would have happened had the catch been made. Absolutely. And just unfortunately for the Chiefs, those mistakes happened in the most critical of moments on Thursday because if you look at the drops and look at how the game progressed, the Chiefs had the ball in the red zone twice in the second half and came away with field goals both times. And there was drops on third down, pretty manageable drops on those third downs that would have continued the drive. And who knows? The Chiefs score touchdowns on those drives, maybe just one touchdown, one field goal, whatever. Maybe they win the game. We don't know. But it's unfortunate when those things happen in critical moments. Like I said earlier, though, these guys have shown time and time again that they can make plays in the biggest of moments. That's why I'm not concerned. Again, it's a bummer, but it just didn't work out. You flush it, you move on from it, because dwelling on it does nothing, but you learn from it and you get better because of it. And that's one of the themes I'm kind of taking from this game. Of course, it didn't go the way the Chiefs wanted it to, but if you can use it properly and use it the right way, we're going to be in like week 11 or week 12, hopefully talking about how this team is trying to get the one seed in the AFC. And maybe we'll look back on that Lions loss and say, that was a good experience for these guys early in the season that they used to get to where they are now now they have to do that they have to put the work in and get better because of it uh, but that's why I'm encouraged and not uh, discouraged about the results uh, snowballing um, from Thursday so yeah those drops and big moments they're not what you want uh, we haven't seen those in the past it's one of the reasons the Chiefs have been so good in recent years as they come through in the biggest of moments because a drop particularly like on third down is the difference a lot of times between two very good teams. And the difference in a, a good point, in the slim margin in the NFL for sure, but especially in the AFC, and when you play a contender and you play the Jacksonville Jaguars in their home opener. But this is where Patrick Mahomes comes into play here again because Patrick's going to put the ball where it needs to be based on the defensive coverage and where that defender is. For example, it's just like you catching like a Verlander uh, or a Max Scherzer, to give you a Mizzou some love here, Max, a former Missouri Tiger. But he's going to put the pitch where it needs to be. You need to catch the ball where it's pitched. And I think that'll be a big step for these younger receivers is the ball's not going to be in your comfort zone catch radius. All right, let's take it from, you know, your uh, as we those of you are listening and not viewing, it's basically your forehead, arms extended down to your stomach. Patrick's not going to put it there many of the times. It's going to have to be down lower below your hip. You're going to have to go get the ball. Okay, and so that will be the maturation process. But that's where Patrick's been so good of encouraging the guys saying, hey, if the defender's here, you're going to get the ball here. Be ready and train yourself to know that it's not going to be in your comfort zone catch radius all the time. And that's the development and the growth of a young receiver core. There were always going to be growing pains with a lot of these players who we feel really good about and who are really talented. But you can't simulate game action in St. Joe. You can get a lot of work done, but you can't truly simulate how fast a game is and where the ball might be coming to you when you're maybe not expecting it or it's in a place where maybe you're not used to it being. Those kind of things take time. And as we see these guys grow with Patrick over the next several weeks, I think you're going to see a lot of progression there. One example is Mark Westvaldez-Scantling from last year to this year. He made one of the catches of his career at the end of the first half against Detroit. I think he was more prepared for that moment this year because he had all of last year with Patrick. So 
I think we're going to see that here over the next several weeks, uh, as long as the guys put the work in, and I know they will. Yeah, the MVS example is a good one because we did see him at camp catch everything, running all different kinds of routes. Be interesting to see what MVS can do this week against Jacksonville. There is a positive. So the hidden yardage, what did you lose by not completing that play? Drop pass. Doesn't show up in the stat sheet, but if you watch the All-22, like a lot of you do, you can sit there and calculate this yardage that you lost by not completing that play. Second one, and this is a positive in something I've been harping along for years, the most devastating defensive play that people do not talk about, and that is the pass deflected, especially at the line of scrimmage. There were three in this game that gives you an example. Karloftis, in looking at a third and ten, a bubble screen, he knocks it down. The bubble screen, again, you're, you're extrapolating here, looks like it was going to go for about 15 yards on a first down because the ball never arrives to where it's supposed to go knocked down at the line of scrimmage or defending even the physics of the throw, becomes a huge play. Justin Reed at the end, fourth down and two. That pass is going to be a first down. He knocks it down. Chiefs get the ball and a chance to win. The pass broken up, especially at the line of scrimmage, just freeze frame it and look at where the offensive player – it is devastating to an offensive coordinator because the perfect player, a quarterback, who's got this – is it's there, it's there, it's there, it's not there. So for the Chiefs to climb this year and this week – it is to reduce the negative side of the hidden yardage and increase the positive side. It's really amazing how just one or two plays can completely change the narrative and change how you feel about things because you made a great point about Justin Reed's swat at the line of scrimmage on that fourth down. Just think about if the Chiefs had gone down and scored after that and won the game. The defense, I mean, I think it would be getting national attention for the game that they played. I don't think they got nearly the credit they deserved. They allowed two offensive touchdowns against the Lions, the number five scoring offense in the NFL last year. They held Detroit to five of 15 on third down. And on fourth down, when the Lions were going for the win at midfield, fourth and two, I think it was, they stop them and they give the offense an opportunity to win the game. Again, no excuses, but that is a real positive to take out of this, where the defense gave the offense an opportunity, and more often than not, the offense is going to take advantage of it. Didn't work out on Thursday, but we certainly uh, can't forget about that. Now, it's also the plays that are really close that you don't make that kind of haunt me at times. And Legereus Sneed was really close to a strip <laughs> sack on Jared Goff on the third and twelve on the, the drive that the Lions had that ended up being the game-winning drive with about seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. If Legereus strip-sacks Goff there, the Chiefs are already in field goal range. Maybe they punch in a touchdown. They certainly win the game. I mean, his fingers were on Goff's throwing arm. Yeah. Just a millisecond more, uh, he strip-sacks Goff, but he didn't. Goff completed the pass. That's just the way it goes. That's football, you know, and that's football between two really good teams. It's truly not even inches. It's centimeters. So... What do you learn from it? You, you look at all these things. You look at the good. You look at the bad. Look at the plays that you almost made. Uh, and you find out how to take the best stuff and apply it to the next week. And that's why I'm confident uh, this group will be okay moving forward. And as we close, there's a third category here for you to track if you want to be a real football fan. This is hidden yardage. you got to work at this. You and I both watched the video. This is, takes a little video review. But in a stat sheet, in an NFL game book, there will be the penalties – and then the yardage of the penalties. Truthfully, you have to look at the net effect of that penalty. Let's just give you an example. The Chiefs complete a pass for 17 yards, which could have led to a game-winning field goal, but there was holding on the play. That net effect was really 27 yards. The 10 yards of the hold, 
and then the 17 yards you did not get. So it's somewhat similar to the drop pass, except it's double jeopardy. You not only lose the opportunity cost of the yardage you would have gained, it's the penalty yardage. When you look at that in the context of a game, and I was just figuring this up, 185 hidden yards in this game that worked against the Chiefs. 185 yards. That's close to 14 points. And that tells you how close, and nothing against the Lions, but when people say, gosh, this could have been a double-digit Chiefs victory, yes, it could have. But going into Jacksonville, just chart these, folks. Chart this. If the Chiefs can reduce the hidden yardage negative side and gain on the positive side of hidden yardage, the Chiefs will win in Jacksonville. I agree. And, again, this is a reason for optimism that not too often does almost everything go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and certainly not for the Chiefs. And just for whatever reason, on Thursday night, it seemed like almost everything that could go wrong in a critical moment seemed to go wrong. Not everything. The Chiefs had the fourth down stop. The Chiefs had opportunities in this game. we got to remember that. They had opportunities to win the game, but still, it just a lot of things went wrong for the Chiefs in that game, and they still only lost by one point and still had a chance to win it in the end. So that's why I feel good about things moving forward because I've watched this team all summer, and I know that they're going to come through more often than not in major situations. It was just kind of an anomaly on Thursday. Now, what's the impetus on the guys? Don't let that snowball. I mean, it's a real result is what happened on Thursday. You have to accept it. But you learn from it. You move on from it. You don't let that define you. And Patrick Mahomes said as much during his media availability on Wednesday. He's excited for the guys to go out and show who they are. And I feel great that they're going to do that against a very good team uh, in the Jags on Sunday. But they got to do it. That's the important thing. It's my feeling. Dropping the dill pickles at high V, And they came rushing their clean up on aisle two. And the person did such a phenomenal job of cleaning it up. I paid for the pickles that crashed. But I had full confidence and trust in them cleaning up those pickles and doing a great job. You didn't even know it happened. And I got complete trust in Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and the others yeah. to get it fixed, to clean it up on aisle two. Ten, five, touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins in Arrowhead. 